Amen. I want to talk to us for a, a short period of time today. Uh, I'm not sure where that board went, but I feel like I'm loud. Am I loud? Am I too loud? I'm okay? Okay. All right. Well, I can handle it if y'all can handle it. Um, I want to talk to us today about a topic that I, have, that I know of, that I can remember, that I've only talked on one time since I've been here and going on 12 years. I've only talked on this, preached on it one time. But I've got a little series. I'm going to preach on it. And so, uh, uh, you want to know what it is? Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to give you a little insight. Everybody wants it. Everybody needs it. And everybody talks about it. Do y'all hear music? Or is that the Holy Spirit in my head? I might not talk about what I was going to talk about. We might just gather them right back up here, which I could do that. Just some of you get real nervous when worship goes long. Have you noticed that? Worshipers notice people who get nervous when we worship a little while. What is he going to preach? Well, if you ain't getting it now, my preaching ain't going to help you much. <laughs> Amen. You know, that sets the tone. You know that, right? You know, there was battles won, won, W-O-N, by worship. Many times in the Old Testament, the Lord would speak to the, to the leader, be it Joshua, Moses, and say, send out the worshipers first. And they wouldn't even have to go fight. Worship is powerful. Matter of fact, worship is so dear to God's heart that he caused King David's wife, Micah, Saul's daughter, to be barren for her whole life because she made fun of David being a worshiper. Go read about that. Being barren, a woman being barren in Scripture, in Old Testament especially, was shameful. That's why Hannah prayed to Eli. Lord, give me a child. Woo! Worship is powerful. Worship is important. So don't take the time that we spend worshiping as, well, we're just singing a song. Amen? I want to talk to you about this topic. Everybody wants it. Everybody needs it. Everybody talks about it. You talked about it this week. You wanted it this week. You needed it this week. This week. You ready? Money. I wrote this in my notes. My opening line would be, everybody wants it, everybody needs it, everybody talks about it. Sounds like a Billy Idol song. But if you talk about it in church, it becomes the sin of all sins. The preacher's after money. The devil rears his ugly head and says, they just want my money. Quit being prideful and thinking you got, a, you got money to satisfy God. Come on now. God doesn't need your money. If he gets your heart, he'll get your pocketbook. See, giving to the church is not a money thing. It is a heart condition. 
Adrian Rogers said it best. He said, show me your checkbook and I'll show you where your heart is. Oh, this stings a lot. But I'm, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to hound you a whole lot about money. Now, let me tell you this. Our church does well in giving here. We do really, really well in giving. But as I've been watching the news and stuff, uh, Sam, can you, I feel like I'm in a barrel. Whatever that means to y'all back there. I know what it means to me. I sound like I'm in a barrel. But what it means back there, I do not know. Um, What was I going to say? Money. I was watching the news, and as many of you have, you notice that your dollar doesn't go quite as far as it used to. It's called inflation, recession, high prices. Yesterday, we put gas in a lawnmower, a lawn, 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 lawn. That's more professional. Does that sound better? Lawn. And a grass-cutting machine. And, uh, man, I still feel like I'm, like, blowing y'all out. Oh, you're working on it. Okay. And so I moved that back. That may help some, too. But. And so we, we were putting gas in a lawnmower. And uh, are, are we good? Because, it, okay. I, I said I could put up with it, but I didn't know if I could. Uh, and so when we left the gas pump, $47.86. Uh, I had two, but still, <laughs> takes two to do what I got to do. Cut it in half, $25. I, I used to fill up my truck for 50 So you get the... There's a, there's a money crunch going on. And so I'm, as I'm watching the news, I mean, groceries are up 18%. Um, gas is up 250%. I mean, diesel, all those things. Everything is high. And so I wanted to talk to us about something that's really touching us today, and that's money. Money. If it hadn't hit you yet, can I borrow some? Because it's going to get there. If it continues, the pinch will, unless you're just a, a billionaire, millionaire, it's going to get you at some point. You'll feel the pinch. And, 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 and you know, that's okay. Okay? It's, don't, don't be private. I'm going to bother me. Just keep living. Keep eating. Keep buying groceries and clothes and send your kids to school. And it's fixing to bite you a little bit. It's going to sting. So I thought, well, we want to talk about money and what does God say about money. Do you know that uh, in, on, the, uh, on the website, uh, resources.com, and that's where they just they take any topic and they'll just go out and they'll, they'll grab uh, information about a topic from something. So I looked at resource.com, and they, they take the Bible, and they can look at how many times something's mentioned in the Bible or what it's referenced to. And some 2,300 times money is mentioned in the Bible, whether it be money, riches, inheritance, prosperity, something like that. 2,300 times. 2,300 times. Getting saved ain't mentioned that many times in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Amen. So I thought it'd be something we need to talk about. And so, again, I'm not here to try to get your money. Uh, we're not taking up a special offering at the end. Uh, but if you do want to make a check out, make it out to LVA Church. No, I'm kidding. 
Y'all so uptight right now when I'm talking about money, you ain't even laughing. It's going to be fun. Amen. So what does the Bible say about having money? If we're honest, most people say, God says you ain't supposed to have money. It's a lie. Bible has no, God has no, listen to me, God has no problem with you having money. The only thing, God doesn't have a problem with you having anything until it gets in between you and him. You can call it money, you can call it wife, a husband, children, things. God has no problem with you having stuff. Because if, you in right, if your heart is right, you'll use the things, the stuff, the money to build the kingdom. That's why it's always been after your heart, not after your money. But God is not a dummy. How many of you know that? How many of you know that God knows that we live in a world that is run by a monetary system? Well, I want to shop where you're shopping because some of you are not shaking your heads that you know that. Every time I go buy some, somebody wants some money. Whether that be an electronic currency or cash or a check, they want something in return if I'm going to take goods out of the store. So God understands that this world is, a, is ran and operates on a monetary system. He set it up. Do you know him? He created the earth, right? I'm on back way up. He created the earth, right? I'm getting people. Okay. So, so he created this. So... Why would he not want you to have money to help do things you need to do in order to help build the kingdom? Well, that'd be, that's stupid if you think, well, he doesn't want us to have no money. He wants us to be broke, poor, desolate, beat up, poverty. That's not true. Now, y'all know me. I've been here 12 years, and I've preached on it one time, so you know I'm not a prosperity preacher. And I'm not going to ask you to send me $1,000 so you can get 10 because that doesn't work that way, okay? And I hope I've taught you enough that you wouldn't do that to me or another TV preacher. Amen? Okay, so what does the Bible say about you having money? First of all, we need to answer this question, does God want you to prosper? Does God want you to prosper? Now, that word prosper is a word that can be used over a variation of things, okay? But today we're going to talk about, because it is money, we're going to talk about, does he want you to prosper financially? And the answer is, yes, yes, yes. Yes, Lord, he wants you to prosper. If you don't believe God wants you to prosper, then you don't believe what the Bible says about prosperity. If you don't believe God wants you to be prosperous, then you're not going to believe what the Bible says about being prosperous. So you got to believe that God wants you that way. He's the creator. He is your creator. You must know that God wants you to prosper. My kids know that, that I want them to prosper. You should know that I want you to prosper. About every week I close in a prayer that says something to this effect. Lord, give them increase. Give them raises, promotions, and prosper them. Something to that effect every week. I want you to be prosperous. Not so that you can give to the church, but that is one thing that we do but so that we can do things outside of the church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. In the third book of John, chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says this, Beloved, 
when, he, when the word beloved or brethren, he's, he's addressing a church, okay? He's addressing the brethren, brethren and sistren of the church, okay? He's, he's, that's why, how you, get, you know that he's addressing it. He says, I pray, John is speaking, he says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Or, excuse me, I, I misread that. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in some things but not money and in health just as your soul prospers. Let's read it again. Brethren, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in most things. All things. All things means all things. Here's the definition of all. All means all, and that's all all means. (laughs) Nothing is excluded here, okay? So God wants you to prosper in all things. Can we say that money would fall under the title of all things? Finances would fall under that title of all things. And being health, if you struggle with the Lord wanting you to be healthy, prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. How many of you know the Lord wants your soul to prosper? That means to increase, to grow, to be strong, okay? All right. The word prosper here means to be well off, to be successful, to grant a successful issue. In other words, he wants you to prosper. He wants you to overcome things in your life. How many of you have ever overcome debt? I didn't say you were debt-free right now. Let me read. But you've overcome some debt. You've made some progress. Okay, amen, amen. How many of you ever been uh, broke? I'm talking about B-R-R-O-O-K-E, broke. I mean, I've been so broke as my dentist, it didn't have two pennies to rub together. I mean, broke. Uh, some of you know my story. 30 years ago, I went broke. I mean, so broke that I went to file bankruptcy and the lawyer laughed at me. He said, man, <laughs> they done got everything you got. He said, all you got is credit cards. Just hang tight and for three or four more years, they'll come off your record. I said, you mean I'm so broke that it's no good for me to file bankruptcy? He said, you the first one ever? I said, well, praise God. Amen. I mean, that's bad broke. Okay. I'm not wealthy by any means. But I like this side a whole lot better than I like that side. Come on. I like having a little bit to go and do what I want to do. I'm not saying be lavish. I'm talking about just go and buy, buy groceries. Some of you have never had to go to your mama's and, and, and borrow green beans that she can from the garden so you could eat. You can eat green beans in many ways. If you get it in your mind right, green beans taste like steak. I mean, that's when you know you broke is when you get to that point right there, okay? So I've been there. Not condemning or beating you up if you are there now. Not, not in any way. But I'm telling you, God's plan of you having finances and money is okay, and it's much better than being broke. Because this is what I do know. When I was broke, I couldn't even help myself. How could I help anything else? I, wasn't even, I couldn't even be encouraged to go encourage somebody else to help build the kingdom. Because we live in a monetary system. Amen. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Okay. So how can we define or put into perspective what being prosperous really is? That's a question. So what is prosperity in the Bible? What does that mean, 
Pastor, what, what are you trying to get me to, to understand today? If you leave with this one thing, this would be it today. It is having, here's what prosperity means. It is having enough provision to accomplish the vision that God has put in your heart. Okay? It is having enough provision to accomplish the vision God has put in your heart. Well, what is that? Well, what is your vision? What has God called you to do? Some of you are so right here waiting on God to bless you financially before you step out and do something. You know that system's backwards? When God gets your heart, you begin to give the little that you have, and God increases you more. And I'll show that to you in Scripture in just a minute. So what is prosperity? It is having enough provision, okay, to basically finance the vision God has put in your heart. And guess what? I'm going to add this to it and have some left over. How many of you know God is not a God of lack? God doesn't just get you all to be to squeeze through. It's like when I ride with Jason sometimes. We squeeze through the red lights. He's bad about running a yellow light. I'd rather go run a yellow light in a heartbeat. Amen. It's just repentance time. Yeah. I just tell him I'm building his faith. When it turns out, he said, preacher, 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 preacher. I just step on it more. I said, just consider me your faith builder when you ride with me. If prosperity is bad for a Christian, why did God restore Job twice to what he had? Y'all ever read that? Job lost everything he had. He had, uh, and I may get these numbers off, so don't, don't, don't quote me on this, but he had something like um, uh, 500 pair of oxen. That would be 1,000, by the way. 500 donkeys and 3,000 camels and just all kind of and, and, and land. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, about verse 3 or 4, that he was the greatest man in the east. He had more wealth than anyone in the, in the east. And you know that he lost it all, right? But what did God do? If money is so bad, why would he give him a double portion of what he already had? If it was so bad, why didn't he, when he took it away, why didn't he just leave it? No, you're just broke. Does this make any sense? See, I'm a common sense kind of guy. If I looked at that and say, well, if it's bad for me, he, well, why would he have given that back to him? Well, it, because it's not bad. Job used it for the purpose of building the kingdom. And when you have that in mindset, in your mindset, see so many people right now in this room, so many people have the mindset uh, that it's about prosperity that the preacher wants more. No, I, I, I cap out it so much here. Thank you very much for giving. I don't make any more if you give more. Amen. So when you give, it's not going to me and my family. It's going to build a kingdom. It's going to keep the lights on. It's going on to buy new things. It's going on to pay for a building, insurance, those type of things, to bless people, to give to missionaries, to give to an orphanage, all those things when you give. Amen. Whoo. Y'all, y'all, are y'all okay? You getting it? God wants you to prosper in order to fulfill his word. In Proverbs 13, 22, this is what the Bible says. Proverbs 13, 20. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, 
and wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. So if you were thinking that this particular scripture had, um, had the meaning of, the, of that word inheritance means something else, he adds, and wealth. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So he lets you know that what he's talking about is money, okay? If you'll slow down and read the Bible, you'll understand a whole lot. There's a lot of things that aren't said that are said. Come on. And so he's saying that a wealthy man, so if you don't have money, how can you leave an inheritance? Well, it's impossible. I mean, I guess if I have my two pennies and when I die, I guess I could give that one to each kid. Well, that's not very good because that's still not upholding the Bible. The Bible says you give it to your children's children. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't say how much. You don't have to get worried about, well, it's, it's uh, you know, I've got to give them a million dollars a piece. That's not what it says. Okay? But you should be wise enough to be able to give some inheritance. That's what the Bible says. One translation says, a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So how can we do that without money? You, you can't. It's impossible. Okay? All right. Here's the, here's the kicker. Here's where we struggle. You can't serve money. It must serve you. Let it sink in. You can't serve money. It must serve you. When, when you serve money, it's in control of you. I'll tell you, I'm going to give you a sneak peek on how you know money controls you? You don't want to turn it loose. When money controls you, here's what happens. Here's something else. Now listen to me. You put trust in your money more than you put trust in God. Well, how do, you, how do we know that? Well, it's very easy. When you get down to a couple of hundred dollars or whatever it is in your checkbook and you get seriously worried that you ain't going to make it till Friday. I didn't say you ought not budget and be concerned. But when you say, oh, we're not going to make it because I don't have enough money. Wait a minute, you got God. You got Jesus. Jesus, Jehovah Jireh, your provider. That's one of his names. He said, he'll be for your provider. So when you start looking at your checkbook saying, we're not going to make it, you're telling God, you're not enough. I need, I need my checkbook. I need money. Now, every one of us has looked at the checkbook, me included. I look at mine all the time. When you manage, you look at it. You want to know what's going on. Am I doing okay? Yeah. All right, watch this. You can't serve money. Money should serve you. Matthew 6, 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. How many of you know when it talks about this right here, I've done some study on this particular word, uh, that phrase, no one can serve two masters. He's only talking about two things. There's good and evil. There's, there's God and there's not God. Okay. Now, we're going to read in just a minute. Let's go ahead and read. No man can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, here's a little history lesson about mammon. Mammon is also, in some translations, re, 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 uh, translated as money. But if you do research, you understand this, that mammon was also a god, a god of money. And so what he's saying here is there's two masters here. There's God and then there's this, in, in the Old Testament time, there's this god of money. And if you serve this God called mammon, which is based on financial gain and monies, you can't serve both of us because you're, going to, you're either going to love one, hate the other. How many of you ever, I heard, I heard a story one time, uh, been, been years ago about a preacher. Uh, if I called his name, some of you would know it. But said he was sitting in church and said the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to give $10,000. He said, I looked around. He said, I'm looking on my, I said, on my left was my wife, and I know she didn't hear because she ain't giving $10,000. He said, I looked on my right, and there was a guy sitting, a stranger sitting there. And he said, well, he must have been talking to him. And said, I went, kept on, and <coughs> kept on sitting there, and here in a minute I heard this voice again. I need you to give $10,000. And he said, and they're getting ready to take up the offer. And he said, I look over this guy and say, man, he said, I almost wanted to punch him. Say, hey, Lord's talking to you. You better get out your checkbook. They're fixing to come by with the plate. And he said, I kept sitting there, and this guy hadn't moved. And he said, I knew my wife hadn't moved. And he said, and I heard the voice again. I want you to give $10,000. He said, I knew it was God speaking to me. He said, but if you give $10,000, i will give it back to you. He said, and I immediately told the Lord, well, Lord, if you're going to do that, why don't I just write the check in this hand and give it to this hand, and I just keep it. And I said, that's me right there. You ever, you ever known the Lord wanted you to give money and you struggled with it? There's not a person in here that hasn't at some point, when the offering plate comes by or you walk past our box out there, well, you need to give, you need to give. And you, oh, good Lord, you struggle with it. You know what you're struggling with? Who you're going to serve? You serving that money? Or are you serving God? It's tough, isn't it? See, it should never be a problem for a Christian to be a giver. Everything you got was given to you. The Lord provided. Now, I'm not talking about getting out and working with your hands. That's another message. But God, God is the one who, who allows you to get. So are you serving God or mammon? If God can get money, now watch this. This sounds cliche, but it's really true. If God can get money through you, he has no problem getting money to you. The holdup is in the plug getting it through people. You get it and you think, hmm. Let me hold on to it. See, there's, there's where it, the, that's where the drain gets stopped up. God has no problem getting money to you if he can get it through you. Him getting it through you, see, is your willingness to give. What is the, the Bible says about a, what, a, 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 a sad giver? Cheerful. Cheerful. Praise God, the Lord has increased me, and I'm writing a million-dollar check. I've known millionaires that didn't pay tithes like they should have. 
And they were wealthy because they had some practices. But I wonder just what could God have done with them had they really practiced the Bible. Who knows how many more souls could have been won? Because it takes money to reach people. It takes money to get people out of uh, sex trafficking. It takes money to feed orphans in Uganda. It takes money to keep the lights on here. It, keep, it takes money to order curriculum so we can teach kids. Preacher, you're doing a good job. I tell you what, but I hope you hurry. I was back there in the sound booth, and I looked up, and I told Scotty this morning. He was sitting back there with me, and I looked up, and, and it said, does it say just pray or pray hard? Right there on the front, right up there on that. Just pray. I looked at Scott and I said, I wonder if that's for me. Just pray he'll hurry up and shut up. <laughs> Today you're praying, Lord, I wish he would hurry up. I don't like money. I feel antsy. You ever talk about that subject when you, you're talking about something you know somebody was involved in earlier and you don't know that the person that's talking knows that this other person was involved in it and you get real antsy in the middle? Y'all don't talk to many people, do you? Did I make that clear? Was that very clear? Let me do it again. So, so I walk in the room, and let's just say that I'm talking about Dale. Can I pick on you? Thank you. So I'm talking about Dale to Arvell, and my back is to the door, and I've been talking about Dale. And you see Dale, but I don't see Dale, and I keep talking. I'm not necessarily mentioning Dale's name now. I have in the first of the conversation. But so I'm still talking about it. You know he's here and I don't. And you get real antsy wondering what I'm going to say next. Do you understand that now? That's the way some of you feel when we talk about money. You get real antsy in the middle of all this. Because you think we're going to take up an offering. We're not taking up an offering. It's not even a special offering. Some of y'all, if y'all could see your faces from here, man. In Proverbs eleven twenty four, I'll go back to myself. If God can get money through you, he will have no problem getting money to you because he can trust you. Watch this. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. We'll stop there. What is that a parable of the sower? That's what it's telling. It's not a parable, but it's referring to someone who gives, who scatters. He says he'll scatter, but yet he increases. Well, that don't sound right. That sounds like it ought to be messed up. If I scatter, I'm not going to have anything. It's not hard for a farmer. Uh, Rusty, I see you up there. Rusty, is it hard for you to, to, to go to the field in the spring and load those big old 47-row planters you got or whatever it is, and you fill all those up? You're not standing back there saying, oh, man, I hope none of those come out of that planter hopper. Man, oh, Lord, because if they come out, I'm not going to have any. No, because you know one seed produces many more seed, right? You have that concept in your spirit. You know that, right? And if you don't plant them and you hold them, you can buy all those seed and put them in your barn. And they'll just sit there. They're not going to increase. You won't have to go in there next week. If you put them all in them big old bulk bags, you won't have to go in next week 
and go down here to the, to the seed store and say, I'm going to need some more of them bulk bass because my seed just multiplying sitting in the barn. That's a stupid idea. Have you ever had that happen to you? Me either. But if you come up with you let me know. Okay, I'm going to see how that works. He has to have faith that when he turns it loose, something's going to come up and produce more. And that's what this scripture is talking about. It says, he who scatters, listen, read it again. Verse 24, 11, 24, Proverbs 11, 24. There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds, but guess what? It leads to poverty. Look at verse 25. The generous soul will be made rich. You can do word studies on these, and he's talking about money. The generous soul, that one who, who you don't have to, you, well, let me think about it. Can, can, could you give me $25? We're going to go feed some homeless. Oh, let me pray about that. That's not a praying moment. It, give me 25 I want to buy some Bibles for some kids down the street. Let me pray about that. Something's wrong. Okay? You don't have to pray about that. That's building the kingdom. It's getting the word of God out there. Okay? It says, the generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters, watch this, and he who waters will be watered also. He himself will be watered. How many of you heard my analogy of the water hose? Two of you, three of you, okay. Let me tell it to you again. You've heard it in Yarville. Here it is. A water hose purpose is to get water from a spigot to a dry spot. That's you, you're trying to get water from here to there. So since you don't have plumbing running your yard, we call them a water hose. So you hook up the water hose to the spigot, and you run water out to some dead spot in your yard to water it, right, to bring life. You know, nothing exists without water. So you turn on the faucet, water goes through it. Envision this. You're a water hose. God's trying to get money to somewhere else, and you're the water hose. That water flows through that water. Water hose and waters. It accomplishes the purpose that God had in mind or that the purpose of the water hose to get water from the spigot to the dry spot. But in the process, the water hose gets wet. It's important for the water hose to get wet so it'll stay pliable and won't get brittle. It's very important. And so in this process, this Bible, the Bible's talking about if you water, you yourself will be watered also. There's going to be an increase come to you. Now, I practice several principles in my, in my personal life. The first thing that we, we, we always do, we, we just know that we're going to tithe, okay? So, and I'm going to speak, of, I'm going to speak from, my, from my farming experience. Uh, so when we, we know that I mean, I'm not a sharp guy. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I can add subtract. I know what I'm going to owe the bank a lot. So I already have that figure in my head. I know how many bushels that it's going to take for me to get that number based on what I booked them for or sold them for to get to that number. Does that make sense? I already know that. You don't have to tell me that. The bank don't have to call me and tell me that. I got that figured out. I knew that when I went in in the spring. And can I get an amen from a farmer? We got an idea. And so when I get to that bushel number that I know that we're going to make it, we're going to farm again, honey. 
we only have to give one kid up this year. When I get to that bushel number, I come on our little radio, and I'll say, y'all be thinking about who we're going to get to bless this year. Ask my kids, ask my wife. That's the thing that I do. Why do you do that? Because God's given me an increase. And I, I love practicing this verse. If, if the Lord's going to get something through me, I've got to be able to let it loose. You know, the one way to beat greed, one way to beat it is to give. You don't have to give to the church. If you're hung up on giving to the church, well, you know, you make too much money. I mean, we don't have to. Okay. You know, I've noticed that people have problems with people making, uh, don't, they don't have a problem with people making money as long as they don't make more than them. And a person in here don't, if everybody in here made a million dollars, nobody else cares if you make $999,999. But now you get a million dollars and one more dollar. <laughs> they must be selling drugs. They're doing something illegal. There's only $2 difference. It's just, just one of them dollars is more than you got. Mmm. Am I doing okay? Nobody prays for somebody that's making a million dollars. Let me just back. 50,000, 100,000, whatever it is you make. If you make 50, you're not praying for the person that makes 100. Lord, I pray you increase them. Just give them more, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just heap it on them, the blessings. Lord, I pray you do it for them. Oh, you're praying, Lord, let me get up to where they are. Selfishness. I can get you there. Practice principles of giving. Name the three things you can do with money. Look, I've got a whole series on this stuff. I've been storing up for 12 years. Name the three things you can do with money. You know what they are? You should know this. You can save it, you can spend it, or you can give it. That's the three categories that all, you can save it, you can spend it, or you can give it. Ma'am? Oh, Lord Jesus. Dale. 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 <laughs> I know what you're saying, but that's okay. You, you do three things, it doesn't make one of them bad. doesn't make one because you can spend it. doesn't make it bad. How many of you are going to spend money at the end of the month paying your light bill? How many of you are glad to? I don't like to be hot. When I sleep, I ain't got no problem writing that check out to the electric company. <laughs> Amen? You can give it. i got to hurry. And Luke 16, verse 10 says, there's a parable of an unjust steward. Steward, not steward. Steward, not steward. Not somebody, but steward. A keeper of things. A manager. Okay, that's what steward is. Okay? Steward. There's a parable of, watch this, the Bible, in my Bible, maybe in yours, it says the parable of the unjust steward. 
Well, if there's an unjust one, shouldn't there be a just one? If there's a bad one, there ought to be a good one. That's a reference. That's to some of those stuff that the Bible it's saying it, but it didn't really say it. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Let that sink in. He who is faithful in what is least in a little bit is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. That's just King James is all messed up right there. Just let me break down for you. If you got a little bit and you'll take care of that, the Lord will increase you with more. He says, because I can trust you with that. There's not a, and you say, well, I don't know if that's a real preacher. How many of you in here would give a child that's four years old um, access to, maybe you have given them this in a trust fund or something, a living will or something, but how many of you would walk up to a four-year-old and say, here is $50,000. You have a good time at the candy store. The dumbest thing ever. Come real close because you need to feel this in your toes when you get hit by that Mack truck. It's crazy. You wouldn't do that, would you? No. No. You would not do that, right? The Bible tells us if an earthly father, being crazy as we are, knows how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly father. There's a principle going on here. If you wouldn't do it to your kids, do you think God would do it to you? Here's, here's $500,000. You just go... Go do something. No. The Bible has another principle. He who gains riches suddenly shall lose it suddenly. But he who retains it or gains it little by little shall retain it. You know, there's principles. People, I can take you to Greenville, Mississippi right now and show you people who went to the boat and won $150,000, go out and build a house, can't finish it, putting a roof on it. What? I can take you to many of them right now. Why? Because they just blew it. They didn't manage it. They didn't understand it. And the Bible says if you take the little bit and you take care of that, guess what? I can increase you to more. Why is he wanting to increase you to more? So you can give more. You can bless more. You can help build the kingdom. Do you know what you have is going to stay here on this earth? You're not going to get to heaven. And the Lord said, you know what? You amassed 30 million dollars you've done so good get on in here man show us how you did that we've been looking for a good financial manager in heaven finances doesn't mean a thing in heaven it's they're they're not necessary it's only for here you understand that correct and if he understands that we're in a monetary system, and I'm closing, if he understands that you, are in a, you and I live in a monetary system, the reason he's wanting you to have money and get money too is so that you can do something for the kingdom. But his principle says, as we read in, in Proverbs, that if you water, you're going to get watered yourself because he wants you to practice biblical principle that a good righteous man will leave an inheritance to his children's children. So how can you do that if you give everything away? You can't. He's not saying that I want to take everything from you and you've got to give me everything. It's not what he says at all. That's not scriptural. He's saying that if you give, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. I'll be sure that my children are taken care of. Come on. How many of you are God's kids? Yeah. 
He's going to make sure if you do your part, guess what he's going to do? He's going to do his part. I was talking to my dad the other day, a few weeks ago, and he was asking me about my crops. Son, how are they? I said, Dad, they look pretty good to me. But, you know, I'm not comparing mine to somebody else's either because then I always get disappointed. <laughs> if you're a farmer, you understand that, you know. Yours never look good to somebody else's. And, but so I said, well, they look pretty good to me, Dad. I, I think they're going to be all right. I said, we've just been working hard and doing what we know to do. Dad's very quiet. Y'all know that. He said, well, son, you do your part, and God will always do his part. God will bring the encouragement. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and I go out, and I plow, and I plant, and I do all, and I water, and I do that, and I have the mindset low with the increase, I'm going to build, help build the kingdom. See, I'm doing my part. See, it's just not about growing something. It's about when you get the first fruits, and that will be in the next week or so. When you get that first fruits come in, and you send out, you do your part. God will make sure he does his part. I hope I've helped you some. Am I okay? Did y'all enjoy this today? We're going to continue on and go a little deeper. But I wanted today to set the stage of it's okay to have some money. I think I've been here long enough for you to understand that you know I'm not about money. Are we okay there? Okay. Because I love you and I want you to be prosperous. I want you to have money to build the kingdom. So you can bless your kids. You can bless your grandkids. You can bless the church. Amen. And if you feel it in your heart, there's about 132,000. I can't see it from here on the building fund, but you can go ahead and write the check. 131. Just, just round it to 132. We'll take care of the rest. Some of y'all just uptight when talk about money. That's just funny. I mean, that, you know. Golly. Y'all stand with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.